0: While we remain standing, turn in your Bibles, please, to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms, please, one of my favorite books among 65 others. Psalm chapter number 42. Verse number 1 through verse number 3, I will read out loud if you'll follow along with me silently as we do here at the Anchor Baptist Church. I would appreciate that. Psalm chapter 42, starting in verse number 1. As the heart, that's like a deer, panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Please go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. The book of Hebrews, chapter 13, one verse here. Hebrews, chapter 13, verse number 5. Hebrews, chapter 13, verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 20. Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. One last place, Isaiah chapter number 43. Isaiah chapter number 43. Isaiah chapter number 43, verse number 1 through verse number 3 there, Isaiah chapter 43, starting in verse number one, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by my name, thou art mine, when thou passeth through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, saith the Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Father, thank you for the Bible. If you would please bless us tonight. I hope this will help people and comfort them and make sense to them and As was said during our prayer time, and certain people have mentioned things just in passing uh, about how things can get a little tough as we wait upon the Lord for him to bring himself and make himself obvious to us. He's always there, but obvious to us, so we'll know what we should do and what's going on. Lord, watch over us, please, tonight. Watch over those that are watching live stream. Dear Lord, be careful with those please that are going in for surgery here before long bless them and help them may their lives bring glory and honor to you as all of our lives should may we have a little better understanding of you that we might serve you better help us please in the service tonight we we'll thank you for it all in Jesus name and for his sake amen you may be Once I drifted out in sin, had no hope, no joy within. And my soul was burdened down in pride. Then my Savior came along and he showed me I was wrong. Now I know I'm on the way
1: from the straight and narrow way i was drifting every day out upon the waters deep Soul is on the winning side. I will never have a fear, for my Lord is ever near, and and in Him so often I confide. He's the Keeper keeper of my soul since I gave control and he placed me on the way
0: the words thank you it's 7.06 and we will get out as early as I can thank you brother God bless you John said take your time Preach. that's the only thing I heard so we'll go there Psalm chapter 42 verse number 1 Psalm 42 and verse number 1 Psalm 42 and verse number 1 Psalm 42 and verse 9. What a wonderful song. I remember hearing uh, Bill Burr sing that song up First Baptist yeah. Church, Hammond. he walked walk through the crowd and just bellow it out. Sometimes he would add some words because you tend to forget from time to time. Everybody's shouting and screaming and running the aisles and knocking you over. And you're trying to remember the words as you're singing. But uh, Jordan does a great job on that. Thank you, Brother Jordan. Appreciate right. that. Psalm 42, verse number 1 through 3. Psalm 42, verse 1 through 3. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is thy God? You've been here. I've been here. You've been saved very long. You know basically what this these few verses are talking about. You have thirsted after God in a dry and thirsty land and wonder, God, when are you going to help me? Amen. You have walked alone and prayed and wonder, God, when are you going to answer my prayer? When am I going to come before you as if to say, I want you answer that prayer and that prayer, when's it my turn? When are you going to help me? Your sorrow, your tears were all that you had. Now, if you're not very old and been around very long, you know what I'm talking about. One day you will. You have to. And on top of all of this, many times there are other people, family and so-called friends, as if to say when they talk to you, so where's God? Where is your God? You said you were serving God. You said he would take care of you. You said and you said and you, and they kind of ask you not where is your God, but the way they phrase it is like saying where is your God? Many in this room have been in this place. Desperate, in need of God, His presence, like a thirsty soul needing a cool drink of water. Questions about God. Because He promised to never forsake you. Right? He said that. And yet, you need His presence. Because you need Him and yet He's not answering. And you wonder what's going on. You cry night and day until tears are all that you have left for yourself and someone asks you why doesn't God do something? I thought God took care of people like you. Where is thy God? And although you may not outwardly say that inwardly you kinda wonder at yourself. You'll even fight against what they say when inside you're going so God where are you? May I say that God is still there that he never left? Isaiah chapter number, go there, Isaiah chapter number 43. Isaiah chapter number 43. Isaiah chapter number 43. In the previous chapters, the Lord is speaking to Israel on how he had delivered them from the spoilers and also the robbers and their enemies because Israel, or he turned them over to them, because Israel, well, look at me and listen to me, because they were disobedient. Yeah. This whole thing in modern-day Christianity that God would not do things like this, I can show you Old and New Testament where God chastises his children for rebellion and disobedience because he loves them. So God is talking to Israel here because Israel was disobedient. And look in Isaiah 42, 24. 42, 24. Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord, and against whom we have sinned? For he would not walk I'm sorry, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient to his now here's the reason all this is going on. God had a reason. This is not what God wants to do. We force God's hand because we're rebellious children for him have to chastise us. And he does that in a multitude of different ways. And then we look in chapter 43, verse number 1. God goes on and says, but now I formed thee. I created thee. I redeemed thee. I called thee by my name. And then he says this, thou art mine. All the problems they've been causing, all the rebellion they were going through, God said, now you listen to me. I formed you. I created you. You're mine. So let's get this thing settled. God's talking to Israel and said, out of everything you're doing, you belong to me. I created you. I I did all these wonderful things here. And you need to understand that you belong to me. In verse number two, it says when. Verse number two, he says when. God did not say if. God did not say maybe. God, who knows, says sometime it's going to happen. What does when mean? The Bible says in verse number two, when. What it actually means is you will. You are going to at some time. It will happen. So God is saying, okay, now look, you ran into all these problems. I made you. I formed you. You belong to me. And when it's going to happen. This is going to happen. Now he's talking to Israel. Watch what he says. When what? Look at verse two. Three things. Three things. Ready? Number one, when you pass through the waters. When you pass through the rivers. When you pass through the fire. What about it? What was does was all that mean? What about it? And first of all, when you pass through the waters, he said, I will be with you. So let's get that settled. He said, you pass through waters, I'll be with you. Number two, when you pass through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. I understand what he's saying here. Now, he's talking to Israel, but let's just listen for a minute. Number three, he said, when you pass through the fire, it shall not burn thee. Why? Because God is still there. He never left. God told Israel, I'll never leave you. I'll never say fors- I'm married to you. You belong to me. And God doesn't believe in divorce. So God tells Israel as rebellious as they can be and though I have to chastise you and though I may have to take things from you and though I may have to let things happen to you I formed you, I created you, I have taken care of you you are mine. God is making a promise concerning future sorrows. God is making a promise concerning troubles and heartaches and disappointments and trials and persecutions. God is making a promise. And in verse 2 he said when It's going to happen. But he's also letting them know when is future. And he's saying before it happens, I want you to know you belong to me. I will be there for you. But what is this waters? What is this rivers? What is this fire? What are we talking about here? First of all, I want you to understand. You say, Pastor Bell, all of this sounds good, but how can this be that God knows the future and has my best interest in mind? And he said he'd never leave me, never forsake me. Go to Colossians chapter number one. Way up in the New Testament, Colossians chapter number one. General Electric Power Company. Colossians chapter number one. That's where you remember those three, those four books where they come together. I never could keep them. Which one go first and second, third? So you remember General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, General Electric, Power, right? Philippians, Colossians, right? Okay, good. Well, you learned something, didn't you? Okay, now, Colossians chapter 1, look at verse number 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. God is saying to us the same thing he told Israel. You belong to me. Everything is to bring me honor and glory. Everything is to bring you closer to me. Everything is to remind you of me. I created everything. I created everything for me. This is what God's saying right here. And he's saying here in verse number 17, he is before all things, and by him all things consist. When I do marriage counseling, I use that verse right there uh, because what that consists means is held together made to establish, stand up straight because of Christ. You take Christ out of the marriage, you take Christ out of your house, you take Christ out of your job, it's going to begin to fall apart. Right. Not necessarily even because you did something that most people would say is sinful, you left God out of the picture and by him all things consist. So what do we have here? What, what is this water? What is this river? What, what is this fire thing? What are we talking about here? Let's talk about that, water. Let's think about water. Water is that which is still and subtle. Now, I had a dream the other night. I told my wife about this. She woke me up, and I was trying to yell. You ever try to yell in your dream? <laughs> you talk about frustrating. I, I told her, I said, I don't understand it. Uh, dreams come in. Now, it's nothing spiritual. So said, oh, I wonder what that means spiritually. It means nothing. Uh, I was uh, sleeping, and evidently, uh, I was in this murky water. And evidently other people were there and I'm trying to warn them and all of a sudden I'm thinking, what was that? What is that? And I'm trying to yell and I think it's coming out like mm-hmm, right? How dumb is this? I'm trying to yell underwater. I think my wife had a pillow on my head, I'm not sure. but anyway. <laughs> I don't know what that had to do with anything. Anyway, that which is steel, when you look on an ocean, the part that bothers me isn't the waves, the current. What bothers me is when you get in deep water and it's real still. It's just, it's eerie. It's just it's just me, it's eerie. I'd rather jump out of a plane. That which is common, let's call it that which is common. Maybe not to you yet, but it's common. That doesn't make me nervous. Water makes me nervous anyway. It didn't used to ever since Jaws came out. I'm not talking about your mother-in-law. I'm talking about a movie that was on TV. And all the men said, ha, 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 ha. Miss Sharon? He said, amen, real loud. Okay, now. That which is common, but maybe not to you yet. What am I talking about? It would be things like everyday pressures and problems, just everyday stuff. Common stuff, you know, common stuff. Bills, raising family, work, car breaks down, marriage, common stuff. Traffic, misunderstandings, physically being worn out and tired, common, common stuff. Let's call that the waters. God says, I will be there with you. God is still there. He never left. God is as concerned about everyday common run of the mill, what we would call everything you run through, On an average day, God is as much concerned about your everyday life and the things you have to face as he is the great big giant things that you think you need his help in. God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God did not leave. God is still there. God never left. But what may be common and not a big deal to one may not be common, may be very uncommon to somebody else. Amen. But he's still there. Yes, God created the universe. God created the world. God created all of mankind. All of it. But He still loves the individual person. See, God, we, what we would call the common. Yeah, but the whole world. God said, You're the world to me. So God pays attention to the common, if you would, the everyday, the subtle, the, it's just there as much as He does to the whole universe. Yes, God. Gave Jesus to die, salvation of all of mankind, but Jesus gave his life for you, yeah. that individual. You say, oh, I'm just one person. Oh, common, just everybody, just an average Joe, if you would. God said, I pay attention to that. I pay attention to all of mankind, for my son gave his life for the whole world, but he gave his life for you also. Yes, God sets up kingdoms and tears them down, the Bible says so. But he watches your home and he watches your family and he watches you just as well as he does kingdoms. You right. see, our God is a pretty great God. He not only take, I'm sorry, I was busy with this kingdom and you're running into problems. I'm sorry, I, I, I'll get there as soon as I can. See, this is what the world tries to tell us. Where is your God? Why didn't he show up? Our God said, I didn't go anywhere. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God is still there. He never left. The common everyday small overlooked almost God said when passing through the water. Just every day. Don't you forget to pray sometimes because the day's not that bad? To read your Bible because it's just another day? God said, I'm as concerned about the everyday and the common as the great big tragedies and the big moments of your life. God is just as concerned. Go back to Isaiah chapter number 43. Go back there. Isaiah chapter number 43. And go down to verse number 2 once again. Isaiah 43, verse number 2. The next thing he says after waters are rivers. Now I think there's maybe multiple things God is trying to say about this, but here's some of the things I got out of this. In verse number 2, he talks about waters, then he talks about rivers. Watch what he says. He said, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. A river to me is that which is swift and powerful. It tends to shove and push. I was looking at some video today about what's going on in California right now with the floods. It's shoving cars down the street, shoving houses off of their foundation. That's not steel waters. Those are rushing, torrent. we call them rivers out of hand. That's what we call those things. It shoves and it pushes things down against their will. For example, many of the laws of our land shove us in ways that that are not right and we don't want to go, but it just keeps shoving. Like a river keeps pushing you in a direction you do not want to go. People set out to do evil against you. We don't like that, but they just keep pushing the whole thing. Financial debt, constant bankrupt, humanistic uh, philosophy being taught and bombarding us all the time. Constant questioning at work and by family pushing us and pushing us and pushing us like a river that just keeps wanting to push you downstream. Right is viewed as wrong and wrong is viewed as right. And on top of all that, then they try to convince us that their view of things is what you need to believe and just keep shoving that on us all the time. You feel as though you're being pushed and shoved downstream, don't you? Those around at times never seem to let up with their visible shoving and pushing. Is that a cult over there? You don't have to take church that far. You know that, right? Nobody does that anymore. Everybody's doing this now. Come on, preacher. Come on. The looks, the verbal attacks, the hurtful laughter being left out. Others can cuss and talk openly about whatever they want to, and yet you are told to keep your religion and your Bible in your church. Pushing Just constant pushing, pushing all the time, telling you to back down and go away. They won't even just leave you alone. They want to include you in and then attack. I can't tell you how many times on jobs when I used to work for a living. That's funny. I worked at Rockwell one time in particular, and honestly, I knew what was coming, so I just kind of put my head down, was working like this, and and somebody said, uh, so, Bell, what do you think about this? I said, I don't know. No, 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 we want to know. They didn't want to know. Most of the time, you don't want to know what I'm thinking about. And so I'm sitting there, and they won't leave it alone. They knew the subject they were talking about that I disagreed with. They knew that. They knew that I was going to reference something in the Bible. They knew that. But they wouldn't let me just walk my own path. They want to include me. Now, why would they want to do that? So they can laugh and giggle and stare and gossip and talk and just keep shoving all the time. You mean to tell me, first of all, you asked me what I thought. They won't just leave you alone. I want to show you, this is rather confusing. You're happy. You have the Lord in your life. Uh, you just want to share Christ with everybody and tell them about your church. Okay, there you go. Now, go to First Peter chapter number 4. I, my mom did this when I first got and I didn't understand it. I, I, here I was, and you know my background, and I told my mom one day, I came back home from church on that Saturday night, and I said, Mama went to church. The only thing she said was, oh, that's nice, and went right on with her life. I thought, well, that was a little disappointing. I thought she'd clap, do backflips, cartwheels at least, something. But she didn't do anything. She just went right on with her life and just acted like it was no big deal. Then I ran into some of my other friends and they weren't happy that I was happy. Oh, they mocked. They patronized me. But they weren't truly happy because when they got a chance, they go, oh, I really need to go. Right? And when I start talking about the Lord, they don't have any more time. See, the reason a lot of your backslidden family and your friends that you call close friends hang around you, because you don't talk about your friend. And the reason you don't, you're afraid that they'll get upset. I want to show you they're never going to be satisfied because you refuse to go to the same distance right. into that's sin that they are. Right. Let me show you Bible. I didn't understand why my mom acted that way. I didn't understand why other people act that way. until I ran into this verse right here, First Peter chapter number four. Look at verse number four. Wherein they, talking about the unsaved, those who do not know Christ, think it strange. That ye run not with them to the same excess of riot. So what are they going to do? Speaking evil of you. Yep. Yes, sir, right. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Look, we're all over here barbecuing and having a beer. What is your problem? Yeah. On, what is wrong with you? And then you leave. See you later. Bye. Thank you. Can you believe that guy? Man, a guy won't even have a beer with him. Oh, he's really. Chan- he's in that cult. You know that. What's that uh, anchor something or another? Yeah, it's really weird. When you feel as though you are open game, being pushed and shoved and seemingly there is no let up, God said rivers, it will not overflow thee. Why will it not overflow me? Because the Bible says that God will be with me. God never left you. I don't care what you're running through right now. God did not leave you. It may feel that way. People may ever question that. You may inside even wonder about it. But you go by God's promise and God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God is still there. He did not leave. Take it to heart. Have hope. Build your faith. Trust in God's word. Go to Hebrews chapter 13. You're almost there if you're in Colossians. Go forward a little bit. Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter 13 verse number 5. He said, I will never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. Now wait a minute. What about the waters? He said, you'll be okay. Well, what about the rivers? He said, don't worry. They will not overflow you. How do I know that? Where is my safety in that? Because he said... I'm with you. He told Israel, everything that's going on with you, I didn't leave you. I bought you. I created you. I claimed you. You're mine. I'm not leaving you. No matter what they're going through, it may feel as though God had forsaken them. He, in his chastisement, you may think he doesn't love you anymore, but God said, I can't help it. You belong to me. Now, if you're a born-again Christian, you belong to Jesus Christ. You are a child of God. You're not a child of Anchor Baptist Church. You're certainly not one of mine. And so all of my kids are good-looking. And uh, so what you have, that was funny. So watch what happens here. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Who's the I? It's God. It's God. Not you. Not me. Not your family, God. God said, I. Now, your family may leave you sometimes. Other church members may leave you at times. Best friends may leave you at times. But here is not talking about any of those. I is talking about God, not any of those people. I what? I will never. Never means not at all. In no case, in any wise. Just mark it down. Never going to happen. God is making you a promise before those evil days ever come upon you. I will never leave you. Not at all in any case or in any wise. Leave thee. I'll never let up. I'll never slack. I'll never let go. So then he says, nor forsake thee. Now that's a little different. I'll never never leave you behind. I'll never leave you behind. In some place, I will never desert you. But it feels that way at times, doesn't it? That's why God didn't say, you'll feel me all the time. He said, you have my word on it. I'd rather have your word on something. You say, preacher, I feel real good today. I'm for you. I'd rather you say, preacher, I give you my word. You gave me your word. Let's do this. I'd rather take that. So what's he saying when you put this all together? What he's saying is, I, God, not your friends, not your family, but God, will not under any case in any wise let up, slack up, lose, or leave you behind in some place or desert you. Now, I don't know how much more positive you want. What about, what about, what about? God said, I will never leave you. I will go with you all the way even to the end of the world. He told Israel, look, I know what you did. I know how you turned your back on me. I know you went and worshiped false idols. I'm the one that created you. I'm the one that made you. I am your God. You belong to me. I know it's tough at times to believe, to stand, to live by faith. I understand all that. Be faithful and not give in. But God is still with you. God is still with you. In those lonely times at night, why is it nighttime brings about, it almost magnifies things, doesn't it? You ever notice that? Like drowning in water and trying to talk. About the loneliness, being afraid, alone, scared, unsure, right? It just seems to yell louder at night. Number one, God is faithful. Number one, in the common everyday things, God's right there. Number two, in the things of life which push and shove against you, God is still there. He never left. Now let's talk about this fire thing. I want you to go back to Isaiah chapter number 43. Isaiah chapter 43. At the end of that verse or in the middle of it, he says this, When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I think a fire, first of all, it's mesmerizing to me. Okay. There's good fire, there's bad fire. Right? The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit like fire, flame of fire. Right? Judgment that's going to come. And by the way, not all judgment is bad. You'll be judged for good works and bad. So there's a good judgment. Okay? So with all that going on, though, when you think of fire and what it can do, look at California, look at Canada, look at fire. upper New York. Look what's going on there. Yes. That's not good fire. Also, fire many times is a judgment brought on by God yeah. for not clearing out the underbrush and calling it mother- anyway, So we'll go there. Now, so what we have here, it, let me give you some examples of this. Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown into prison. Ready for what they did? For witnessing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They got burnt. If you would, for doing something good and great. How about Joseph? Here's a young man, 17 years old, beat up by his brothers, sent down into uh, Egypt, falsely accused of rape, and actually went to prison for something he did not do. Now, I know everybody in prison is innocent. I got that part. But this man actually was. He really was innocent. And yet, what happened? He was sent to prison. How about Stephen? Stephen's life was crushed out of him by stones. Do you know what he was doing? He was simply trying to tell the truth to those people that were around him. That doesn't seem right. None of this seems right. How about Daniel? Daniel was put into the lion's den. Put in the and guess what he did to be put into there. Anybody know? Praying, praying. Now most of us would be accused of that because, for a lot of reasons, he's put in the lion's den. For how about the three Hebrew children? Remember those guys? Remember them? they were put into a fiery furnace because they wouldn't worship like all the other churches were starting to do. That's in the Hebrew. They would not worship like all the other churches that day were going to do. Would you please understand, the Bible's not a history book. It is a book to be applied to your life in context the way God wants you to. Yes, it should have been destroyed. They should have been. They should have been disfigured. They should have been crippled. They should have been consumed. These Christians should. That is what is supposed, that's what fire is supposed to do. It burns, it consumes, it destroys, it disfigures. That's what it's supposed to do. But God said ahead of time, when you're passing through the fire, thou shall not be burned. Why? God is still there. God did not leave you. Please get it in your noggin. Sink it way down your heart. right upon the tables of your heart. God said, I don't care if I have to chastise you, if you go off into sin, if you do not serve me the way you should. I created you. I saved you. My son saved you. You belong to me. I, just tell you, I will never leave you. So say, what about? God said, I will never. But if I do, well, I will never leave you. Look, folks, once saved, always saved. Yeah. Yes, sir. That doesn't mean you should do whatever you want to because of that. Fire. What would fire be? What, what could we liken this to? Finding you have a disabling disease. That's meant to destroy your Christian faith. You know that, right? destroy your life if it can. That would be the death of a child or a spouse. That'd be tough, wouldn't it? That's not necessarily common. I know everybody dies, but that's that doesn't happen every day to the same people. It's kind of uncommon. That would be finding your newborn will never be normal. It's kind of like a fire. It's meant to destroy you meant to set you aside, consume your life. You can't think or do anything that God would want you to do. This would be the family who has been deserted by the father. Now that's becoming real common, but never was intended to be. This would be the family who all they own and all they hold dear burn, burn up in a fire while they were at church. This is the person permanently crippled in an accident that was not their fault. See, we we look for something to justify it or a cause. And when there isn't one, then we're really thrown. We just don't know what to do now. This would be the family who is told they must make decisions to stop the machines on their loved one. That's a tough decision. That's not every day. It does not have to destroy you. It does not have to cripple you or disfigure you or consume you. Why? God is still there. He never left. God is teaching you many times if you think about it. Your hope is to get closer. I was talking to somebody just recently, and they lost this and they lost that, and they're about ready to lose this and about ready to lose that. And I said, you know something, if you look at this right, that's very sad. I'm so sorry for that. But if all you end up with is God and you have to hang on to him, you just gained a whole lot. You just gained a whole lot. Are you listening to me? Why would God do that? You mean get, him, get you closer to Him? Yeah, that, why would He do such a thing? When passing through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. You say, Pastor, I cannot feel God in my life anymore. God is still there. He didn't leave you just because you can't feel Him. Pastor, as long as He, I, I, I long for His help and answers to prayer, but they're not coming. God is still there. He didn't leave, He's held by His word. Pastor, all I do is cry and numbingly go on. I can't even, I don't even have a sense of God anymore in my life. God is still there. He did not leave you. He can't. He's not allowed by his own word. Pastor, what am I tell my wife and my children? You tell them God is still there. That he did not leave you. Pastor, there seems to be no end in sight. Will it end? When will it end? I don't know. But there is something I do know. God will never leave you and God will never forsake you. God is still there. He never left. Christian, listen to me. God promised he would be there through the common everyday struggles. He promised. Well, you think he's just a big God for big things? He's so big. He can always take care of little things too. What a great God we serve! God promised to be there through that which is common or not common to most people. He said, "Well, some people have never been through this." God said, "Okay, I'm there for that too. Not just there for the common, smooth things that you can't quite see and it's not real turbulent." God said, "I'm there for that. I'm there. Don't don't overlook that." God also said, now when everything begins to push you and shove you in ways you don't really want to go, and they just keep shoving, you know what I'm talking about. God said, it's okay, I'm there with that too. Then he said, that which should destroy most folks, fire, disfigure, consume you. He said, it will not even start a fire on you. Now how do I know that? Preacher, you don't know my life. No, but I know him. I know His promise. I may not know the individual things in your life, but I know Him. I know what He said. Just like Israel. Israel was off worshiping idols and turned their back on God, and God said, now you listen to me. I created you. I made you. I claimed you. You are mine. So in all of that, God was still saying, we're going to get this matter straightened out. Go to Psalm chapter 34. Psalm chapter number 34. Psalm 34, drop down to verse number 17. Preacher, how do I know he's listening to my prayers? I don't feel him. They don't seem to be getting answered. So how do do I know? How, How do I know when I'm praying? I'm not just praying to a ceiling or praying up in the sky. How do I know he's near when I'm hurting? I hurt. If he was near, would I still be hurting? These are the things we question. How can I trust that everything will be all right? How, no matter what I'm going, how can I, how can I, preacher, how can I just trust that? It doesn't make sense. You're telling me to trust that God loves me, that he'll never forsake me. But look, look how I feel. Look what I'm going through. It doesn't make sense. Psalm 34, drop down to verse number 17. The righteous cry and the Lord. Now understand, the righteous. This is not talking about people living in sin, doing what you want to, backslid as all get out. Dead as last year's bird's nest, cold as the ice box you got in your home. He's not talking to you. He specifically said the righteous. He said the righteous cry and the Lord hear. Now he said, when you cry to me and you're doing your best to do what I ask you to do, I hear you you got God's word on it. Watch what he says. And deliver them out of all their troubles. Over 51 years, and trust me, I've been in bags of problems I never thought I'd get out of. I don't know how I got in it. Doesn't care sure I wasn't going to get out of it. Right. Here I am. Watch the next verse. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Now, if you've never had a broken heart, you will. Many of us, multiple times. And saveth such as of a contrite spirit. Contrite is simply deeply affected with grief and sorrow for having offended God. You know, all sin is against God first, all of it. And when your sorrow turns from how it affected them and how it affected me to Him, now you're in pay dirt. Now, now you're now you're doing something here, but watch what he says in the next verse. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. When you would do good, evil is present, right? So it makes sense. Are you, you follow me? I'm bringing in old and New Testament. When I would do right, evil's always present. Watch what he says. Many are the afflictions of the. Those living in sin and not doing right, and not—no, that's not what it says. The righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of all of them. He keepeth all his bones; not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, yes, sir. but they that that and they and they that hate righteousness shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. God said, "Don't worry about it. Yeah, right. It's going to be okay." I am with you. God did not go anywhere. God did not save you to lose you. That's what Israel did. Moses, why did you and God bring us out here in this wilderness so we die out here? What kind of thinking is that? God saved you so you could sit in here and die in church. You think that's what it is? You think God found you so he could lose you later on? What kind of thinking is that? God did not give his promise to be proven wrong. God who cannot lie, it's impossible for God to lie. When God makes a promise, when it applies to you, God will never break that promise. God did not give himself, so we'd have to go it alone. There are way too many Christians hoofing it all by themselves. And I heard what, uh, who was praying? Brother Jordan was praying, thanking God for all of his friends that he has here. I do the same thing. Thank God. But if he were my only friend, would that be okay? To most of us, it won't, and he even knows that. That's why he gave us earthly friends. If you could follow God all on your own, why did he give you a pastor? Why did he give your children a mom and dad? God gave you human examples to follow till we learn how to follow him, and most of us never learned that, and I'm not, I'm not mocking, I'm simply saying. God did not give himself so we would have to go it alone. He did not say, call upon me in the day of trouble so that when you call upon him, he doesn't answer. He answered. You just, you're just looking for a different answer. Think about your life. I don't know how long you've been saved. Think about your life and all the things you prayed about. Now, normally what happens is most of us don't know how to pray in God's will. So God did a great thing for us. The Holy Spirit speaketh for us utterings that we don't e- Not uttering tongue speaking. Uttering, God, I don't know how to put this into words. I'm not even sure I'm asking the right thing. I just know I have a need. I'm not sure what's your will on this, but whatever it is, I need your help. And the Holy Spirit will go to God and go, Lord, what he's trying to say. Why? He's our intercessor. He is the go-between between us and God. So he goes there and says, Father, he's just mumbling. He's crying. His heart is broken. He doesn't know how to express himself. But I know his heart. I live in him. Here's what he's trying to say kind of God to do that God did not say I'm nigh to the broken heart and never show up you alone down here you may be but if you'll make him your father, your savior your creator, your lord, your god you'll find out with or without a dad you have a father with or without a family God has given you a family with a wide place right. called house or home, God gave you one here. Yeah, and yeah. so what does the devil, the flesh, of the world do? Try to keep you away from here. Yeah. Keep you away from that which God provided, that the world has yeah. spoiled you, yeah. 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 taken from you. God told Isaiah in chapter 43, tell the people, I am your creator. You tell the people, I formed you. You tell them I redeemed you. You tell them I call you by my name. You are mine. You tell them that, Isaiah. You tell them that. They need to understand I'm not a God far, far away, and nobody can really get a hold of me except in big things. No, no, common every day I'm right there. I'm telling you right now, the waters, I'm there with you. The rivers that push and shove and take you in a way that maybe you don't want to go, God said they'll never overflow you. And the fire, that which is meant to destroy your life, consume you, disfigure your Christianity. God said, I won't let it touch you and destroy you. So, what? He said, You're mine. So that when you go through the uncommon things of life, you're getting ready to do this tomorrow, aren't you? I time to go to work. I time to get up. I better go downstairs. Well, I better get in the car. Everyday things. It's going okay, so why pray? Why think about God? Because God said, I'm in those waters with you if you let me. And even if you don't let me, I'm still there. You just don't recognize it. And then he said, all of those tough things, that pushing and shoving, and you know, the world is getting, that which is evil is good and that which is good is evil principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. I'm talking about governmental authorities and and the powers behind the powers. I mean, they're pushing and shoving. And I keep thinking, to myself, it doesn't make sense. Why would they even come up with stuff like this? Because of the evil that belongs in this world. He is the prince and power of the air. He is the God of this age. Who in the world? I, I, I don't want to get off on all that. Anyway, who would think that way? The world is forcing us, pushing these ideas on us. Till finally we go like this. I've always believed that. No, you didn't. You you came out of your mother's womb not knowing anything. The people you run after, the books you read, is what is making your mind work the way it does. For you to tell me I've always believed is not true. I've always believed that. I've always done that. No, you haven't. You came out of your mother just like everybody else did, slimy little mess, you didn't know anything. Now you'll stand in front of somebody four or five times your age and go, I just don't believe that. Here's what I believe. I've never understood after all these hundreds of years of the King James Bible being right and people studying it in depth all of these hundreds of years. Now we've got a lot of twits running around here calling themselves preachers, ministers, bishops, all of a sudden telling everybody. That's not really what it means. I, I have a new idea about what it means. I can even write books on the silent years of Jesus' life. Now what kind of idiot would do such a thing? And if we're the ignorant fundamental Baptist, the Bible-thumping, hellfire damnation preacher, how, how how come we have the more difficult Bible to read and every couple of years they need an easier one to read? All the common things of life. God said, I'm there. It's okay. Everyday stuff. Everyday stuff. I'm with you. The tough things that push and shove people in and, and direction, go, why is this and why is that? I don't like that, but that, that's the law now. I don't know what else to do. Just keep shoving, right? Kids in school. Public school is a hell on earth yes, sir. for children. Yes, sir. And I have told you for decades that they're no longer your children, that the public school and yes, government is taking over, and that's the big fight in Congress right now. Yes. These are our children. No, those are my kids. They're not governmental kids. And then he said, that which would destroy and disfigure and consume most people. I'm still there. You remember, check this out. You remember when the three Hebrew children were in the fiery furnace? Do you know what that furnace was meant to do? To destroy them, consume them, disfigure them. Get them out of the way. Who's in the fire? Four men, not three, right? So God kept His word, didn't He? The fourth man in the fire. They didn't bow. They didn't. Oh, they didn't burn. They didn't bow. they didn't bow. They didn't. Bur- oh, they didn't bend. They didn't bow. They didn't burn. <laughs> You understand, you just think you're burning up. You just think you're being destroyed. You just think you're being disfigured. God said, no, I'm right in there with you. Common things, things that push and shove and you think I can't take much more. Yes, you can. You'll be fine. I'll not let it overflow you. And the fiery things, those which can destroy and disfigure, there's nothing common about that. And God said, those Hebrew boys got out of there, the Bible said even their clothes didn't have the smell of smoke on them. Not even the smell of smoke. Man, you get around a bonfire. Now now normally smoke will go towards the most good looking people. No matter where I stand around the fire, it just follows me. Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> even the new guy says, I know preacher, that's the truth if I ever heard it. Even if you can stay out of it, you go home, you have the smell of smoke on your clothes. How could you possibly go into a disfiguring, consuming, destroying fire and walk out and the first thing that gets sins is your hair? But the Bible said even their clothes, it wasn't sins and they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. When we leave this planet, you listen to me, you listen to me well. There will be no smell of this planet on you. There'll be no burn spots on you. He will present to himself a bride not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. God is with you, my dear friend. Quit acting like I got to face this world by myself. If you are, you're doing it on your own accord. But even when you decide to do that, God said, okay, you may say that and you may believe that, but I gave my word, I'll always be with you. So I'm with you whether you understand that or not. I created Israel, I called them by my name, I am the one that redeemed them. They are my people. God loves you, Christian. Those everyday things that sometimes gets ear tight, the fire out of it. You know what I'm talking about. Got to get ready for work. You need a pair of socks. The only one's in there, your toe sticks through. Right. You ladies know what I'm talking about. You know, I knew a lady one time so skinny she put on hose. Her leg fell right through the run. <laughs> yeah. today and the sun shines bright the clouds have been rolled away for the Savior said whosoever will may come to him to stay whosoever surely meaneth me surely meaneth me oh surely meaneth me whosoever surely meaneth me whosoever meaneth good said no not you Don't change the song. You. Make it personal. It's you. You take these verses and quit. Yeah, that's good for the children of Israel. Okay, but in the New Testament, he's talking about you. He's talking about us. When he talks about the righteous, he's talking about those that are right with God and doing right. What? Don't you know that your body and your spirit belongs to God? Don't don't you know that? Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. righteous righteous now when you do right in a bad world you know what's going to happen right when i would do good what happens evil is always present with me right and god said that's okay that's not the only thing present with you i'm present with you too ladies and gentlemen believe god's word if god would lie or deceive we're all going to go to hell and to make a bit of difference The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, it is impossible for God to lie, impossible. Even even to conceive, could God, no, God can't. It's impossible. God is truth. God is light. In him is no darkness at all, no variable of turning at all. Night is day to God. He sees what you're going through. He didn't leave you and forsake you. He's doing you a great favor, proving his word to you We got you through that everyday stuff, didn't we? We did okay? Yeah. God, this is happening. Then I feel like I'm being pushed and shoved in ways I really don't want to go. And God said, it won't overflow you. I'm with you. And then, if you would, on earth, hell breaks loose on you and you think, I can't do this. It's destroying me. It's it's just disfiguring my life. It's consuming everything. And God said, no, I won't let that happen. You know why? God's still with you. He never went anywhere. What comforting thoughts those are in a world that kicks you and shoves you and pushes you and times when it's just like he's not even on my mind at all. You better be thankful God gave his word on those kinds of things because if our feelings or circumstances had anything to do with it, we'd all be lost. But that's not what he did. Water, rivers, fire. About covers it, doesn't it? God loves you, Christian. Amen. And when you do right, evil's gonna come. But he also said, I deliver the righteous. You live a sinful, hellish life disobedient to God. He's still not leaving you, but you're headed for punishment. But the righteous? Think of your confidence when you're living right. Don't you have a lot more confidence? God's going to do something. I just know he is. When you're not, you're going, man, I know what this is all about. I know why this is happening. Yes, you do. You know. You don't need the Holy Ghost to reveal anything to you. You have a conscience and you have the spirit inside of you saying you need to get it right. You're not suffering for righteousness' sake. You're suffering for what you did. Now, even in that, God said, I I won't leave you. It sure would be nice to know with confidence God said that. I know it's going to be okay. Right? How you doing? Let's have prayer. Father, thank you.